You're listening to Hawk Talk with former Seahawks wide receiver Michael Bumpus. At the 10-yard line, second and eight. Three wide receivers now in motion as Bumpus left to right. Julius Jones with single setback. Matt Pump fakes, looking to the goal line. He throws it into the end zone. Touchdown, Seahawks! It's Michael Bumpus with a diving catch in the end zone. A 10-yard touchdown reception for Bumpus, and the kid out of Washington State has found himself a place on this team. Powered by Seahawks.com. What up, 12s? This is Hawk Talk Preview Edition Week 8. The Seahawks take on the 49ers. I'm Michael Bumpus, along with NASA Chobie. But before we get into the details, here's the injury update. Thanks, Bump. Well, we got a lot going on in this week's injury report. Uh, some good news, and a lot of we'll have to wait and see. Uh, head coach Pete Carroll got things going with an update on the entire running back room. Carlos with the hamstring is probably, you know, that it's not a major hamstring. So we, we don't know. It was kind of, it happened during a celebration <laughs> more than running on the field. And so uh, we were hoping it was a little more crampy than it was a pull. Uh, we'll find out here in the next couple of days. Um, Homer, he, he's got a bruised knee um, that he's already moving way, way better. Uh, he won't practice today, um, but he's moving way better from yesterday already. And uh, Chris has got a foot, uh, something's going on in his foot that we got to make, you know, see how it goes. We'll be real quiet on Chris until the end of the week and see how he goes on the weekend. So we won't know entirely what, what's happening until the week is out. Another guy that we've been eagerly awaiting his return, and that is Jamal Adams. Just how close is he to coming back? Um, he's going to be practicing in a limited fashion for the first time today. And so we'll see what that means and see how he goes. And uh, tomorrow will be a really important day for him, as, as will Friday. Um, we're going one day at a time, and we're mixing him in in the preparation uh, with the thought that there's a chance. And, but we're going to just have to wait and see how he does. And finally, to wrap things up, Shaquille Griffin is still in concussion protocol after suffering that against the Cardinals last week. But some good news is Rasheem Green and Phil Haynes are finally on the road back. Come He's going to practice this week. Uh, he and, and uh, Philip Haynes are both coming out on the practice field for the first time in a long time. So we're really excited to get them back out there. And lastly, before we get going, don't forget to join Hawks Live every Thursday at 7 p.m. It's Hawks Live on 710 ESPN Seattle. Let Michael Bumpus and Paul Moyer prepare you for each and every game with their insight, analysis, player interviews, and behind-the-scenes looks at the Seahawks' next matchup which is the San Francisco 49ers. Let's get into who's next. Who's next? Who's next? I'll tell you who's next. The San Francisco 49ers are 4-3, and three, and that is last place in the NFC West. That That's wild. That is last place. That's how great this division is right now. Now, they have losses to Arizona, Eagles, and Miami. Their wins come against two horrible New York teams, the Jets and the Giants. They got an impressive win against the Rams and just smacked Mm -hmm. the New England pages. What are your first impressions on this team? Are they for real? You know, I went back and forth on this because, honestly, at the beginning of the year, I was like, okay, they played Arizona at full strength. So they lost to Arizona with all their dudes. And then they go to New York. They start getting kind of banged up. And those, like you said, those teams are just not good football teams right now. Um, And then I kind of thought they were done. I was getting ready to write them off um, after losses to the Eagles and getting throttled by Miami at home. But the last two weeks, Bump, they're kind of hanging in there. They're getting a couple guys back. Garoppolo came back. The, they beat the Rams, who are a decent team. We still can't figure them out. And they just, I mean, they beat the brakes off the Patriots last week, man. That was something. So they're, they're kind of there. I don't really know what to think about them. Yeah, I mean, this is the NFL, so you respect everybody. But they just smacked the Pages. And the Pages aren't doing great. Uh, it was 33-6. to six. The Patriots can do anything. They put a 242 total yards. And just, you look at the drive charts. 
five play drive. This is for the Patriots, five play drive, six play drive, one, three, two, eight. I mean, towards the end of the game, they started to extend their drives, I guess, by one or two first downs, but it ends in a field goal, interception, interceptions. Then they end the game. New England ain't right. But you can't knock the 49ers for going back to Foxborough where Jimmy G got his start. It's probably nice right. for him to go in there and smack these dudes. And they just got the job done. I look at this team and I'm like, when they're healthy, they're a good football team. But how healthy are they going to be is a question. How healthy are they going to be is a great question because, Bump, you mentioned it. Their injuries are unbelievable. So just to, just to give you some context, guys, of how bad it's been for the Niners this season, um, the team that was in the Super Bowl last year, they only have four starters on the field from that team that took the field against the Chiefs. I mean, Richard Sherman, out. Quan Alexander, gone. Defensive end, Nick Bosa, gone. D Ford, gone. Jimmy Ward, Tart, gone. And now you have Mostert and Tevin Coleman are going to IR. Then you have Debo Samuel going to IR. So they've been banged up, and they've been, they've been crushed by injuries similar to how the Seahawks were at the end of last season when they played that Week 17 game. But they are, uh, they're struggling. But with that being said, even with all that, the dudes that they do have, which we'll get to in Man Up, are playing pretty good football. They still got check. They still got George Kittle, Jimmy Garoppolo, and Bump. When you look at this head-to-head comparison, man, what stands out to me is their defensive numbers. Yeah, defense. Defense. I mean, that's what has impressed us the most about the 49ers over the past few years is their defense. So, I mean, and again, we'll we'll get into to more of the, the head-to-head matches when it comes to the personnel. But now we look at the numbers. Uh, their rush offense had the eighth ranked rush offense in the league. They have the 21st ranked pass offense. That gives me hope, optimism. Mm-hmm. We know how the Hawks give up a lot of yards in the pass game, so hopefully they lock it down there. Their pass defense, though, they are number three in the NFL with pass defense, allowing 203 yards. To me, that don't mean nothing, though, because you got right. Russell Wilson, you got DK, you got Lockett, you got Greg Olson, David Moore. You got guys who are just going to do their thing regardless, but we have to – I guess recognize that it might be tougher when it comes to the pass game, especially coming off the game that Russell had last week. He's got to bounce back. He's got to take care of the football. Though they are the number three ranked pass uh, pass defense in the NFL, I expect them to get back on track, the Seahawks. Oh, no question about it. And the thing about that, too, is I think what's inflated those numbers a little bit is, like you mentioned earlier, is playing both teams from New York. I mean, they completely shut those guys down in the passing game, so I think that inflates their numbers a little bit. Not to take away from them, because, like I said, I think they're a good team. They're the fifth-ranked scoring defense, only allowing 19 points per game. But as we learned last week, even, I mean, the Cardinals went into that game, the number two scoring defense, and the Seahawks put up a ton of points on them. So I think we're going to get right offensively. Like we mentioned, there's no way Russell Wilson throws three interceptions again, especially we come in with a number one ranked offense in yards and in points per game. So I definitely think this is a game where the Seahawks can kind of get right. And the Seahawks are historically very good coming off of a loss under Pete Carroll and uh, Russell Wilson. Well, I hope they continue that trend because they need to bounce back. We talked about these teams currently. Now let's go back in time. Know your history. Know your history. All right, so these teams have played a ton in the last, you know, 30 years or so. Seattle leads the all-time series 25-17. to 17. Seahawks have been absolutely dominant since Russell Wilson was drafted uh, in this series. Russell has won 12 of 16 games played, including nine in a row at one point. Um, unfortunately, their last meeting, we all know what happened. Came down to a fourth and ten. You convert onto the goal line, complete to Jacob Hollister, just short. Uh, Seahawks lose. Niners win the division. Blah blah blah. We know what happened at the end of that. But what I'd rather think about <laughs> was the time they met before that was also in 2019 when it came down to this in overtime. At the 45, waits for the snap. 
Michael Dixon puts it down. That kick is away. And that kick is good! The Seahawks win! It's good! From 42, the Seahawks in overtime win for the second time in two weeks. And they beat the undefeated, now once defeated, San Francisco 49ers. What a game on Monday Night Football. The Seahawks win in overtime, and Jason Myers does it. What a game. The thing that I like about this is that the Seahawks dominated the Niners in that in-between, right? After the run ended with Kaepernick and Harbaugh and all of that, the Niners didn't have a good football team for a long time. What I loved about last year is that rivalry finally came back. It wasn't quite yeah. at the peak as it was in 2013, but it felt good again in both games coming down to the wire. So you know you always got to get your popcorn ready in, in this environment, so it's good to see some of that come back. You always got to get your popcorn ready, regardless when it comes to the Seahawks. Now you throw the <laughs> 49ers in there. So you know it's going to be a tough one. History says that then uh, the, the Seahawks should be able to take care of this, but you never know. This is the NFL. Let's talk about what's going on in the division. What's the word in the West? Where my soldiers at? West side. Where my soldiers at? West side. And the Seahawks are the NFC West champs again. What's the word in the West on Hawk Talk? The word in the West is the West is the best. Mm-hmm. NFC West, man. Hawks are five and one. Cardinals five and two. Rams five and two. San Fran is in last place at four and three. Now the Seahawks are still number one in the, in the division, regardless, or excuse me, after losing to the Arizona Cardinals on Sunday night football. Now the West has a combined. 704 win percentage. That's 19 and 8 combined record. That's tied for the second highest combined percentage for a division through seven weeks since the 1970 merger. This, I mean, we knew this division was going to be tough coming into the season. I didn't think it was going to be this difficult. You can't go into in this division now because of this. Now, if you have some teams who are at the bottom of the barrel looking sloppy, not playing good football, you'd be like, okay, let's not panic. Let's not worry about this. If they do lose, we can move on. At this point, this is a must-win game. And that's crazy that we're talking about a mm-hmm. must-win game for a team that is and 5-1. No, it's absolutely nuts. And like you said, this is the best division in football. The numbers all say it. If the playoffs started today, there'd be three playoff teams from the NFC West. And that's wow. still very, especially with a new playoff format where you only got you have seven teams in there and only one team gets a first-round bye. It is very possible that three teams from this division can get into the postseason. But, yeah, Bump, you mentioned it, man. I mean, you have six division games. I think the winner of this division is probably going to go four and two. You cannot go under the, you can't get behind. If you're 0 and two, it's going to be really hard to bounce back because now you start thinking of tiebreakers and all these other things down the stretch. Obviously, we, we can, me and you can talk about getting ahead of ourselves. That's not something the Seahawks will do yeah. one day, one week at a time. But looking forward, you can't have teams with the tiebreaker over you because if you come down to later in the year and they beat you again, then you're out on the tiebreaker. So it's definitely something that you, you got to start quick with and you can't go 0 and two. The thing that scares me the most about this division is that every team has a better defense than the Seahawks today. Every team has a better defense than the Seahawks. So the Hawks going to have to make some moves. They're going to have to adjust. They're going to have to um, fix some things to compete. But the thing that keeps me optimistic is that the Seahawks have the best offense when it comes Mm -hmm. to these teams in this division. So they are prepared for a shootout. Hopefully it doesn't come to that. But if it does go down to a shootout, we know that these guys will be able to get it done. Jared Goff. Last game, had another fishing, but averaged 90 at 20. He was 23 of 33, 219 yards, and two touchdowns. The Rams, when I look at the Rams, they finally have a run game that is a big boy run game. They got some backs who will lower, lower the shoulder, 
deliver a boom and get north and south. They still get cute with their formations and their motions and their shifts and all that stuff. But what I'm seeing out of this team is that they can hand the ball off and go. San Francisco 49ers. Seems like whoever is their running back, whoever the running back is, it could be Mostert. It can be uh, Wilson, who's injured now, who had three touchdowns the last game. It can be McKinnon coming in, Tevin Coleman. They got some guys who can get it done. So I know Wilson is probably out for this game, but I'm not going to sleep on the run game. And then the Arizona Cardinals, I mean, Kyler Murray looked at looked at his his reason to be in the NFL. Russell Wilson looked him eye to eye and mm-hmm. said, you know what? I'm going to outperform you this game. This division gets scarier and scarier every week. This is an important game. No question about it. The only thing that I that I will enjoy about this division, other than when the Seahawks have to play within it so many times, is that teams are going to beat each other up. The Niners, the Cardinals, the Rams, they're yeah. going to beat each other up. So there's going to be some attrition here in the division. And as good as the Cardinals looked on Sunday night football and as good as Kyler looked, they are not complete yet. They're an inconsistent team because they can play up I mean, it's easy to get up for the Seahawks at home. They're yeah. undefeated. They're the best team in the league, Russell Wilson. It's really easy to get up for that. They have a bye. It'll be interesting to see how they respond after that when it's not, the stakes aren't as high. And then you mentioned the Rams. Uh, it's hard to put their finger on them, but they're starting to get going again, and they give us problems all the time. So, I mean, you can you can say it to your blue in the face. This is the best division in football, and you're going to have to come with it week in and week out. I mean, shoot, the Niners are 4-3, and, and they're in last place. Last they would place. have a two-and-a-half-game lead in the NFC East right now for first. So <laughs> that just kind of gives you the rundown in the NFC West. But now it is time to man up. Hey, who man's is this? Who man's is this? Man up, man up, man up. Man up on Hawk Talk. Man up, we're going to talk about some matchups we are going to focus on this week. The first one, of course, is Jimmy Garoppolo versus the Seattle Seahawks defense. He is 83 of 124, 1,012 yards, seven TDs, and four interceptions. He's been sacked eight times. That means guys are getting to him. Maybe the Hawks will get to him. Maybe this is the game where something happens and uh, they they figure out a pass rush. Now, he's missed two games because of an ankle injury. So I'm not saying I've had a high ankle sprain before. He's not 100%. He might be 90 he might be 85, but there are times in a game where you get rolled up on, you're pushing off of that, that, that back leg is when it comes to him, and it starts to wear down. It starts to get sore. He's constantly in treatment. Get after this quarterback. He is not going to get outside the pocket. He is not Kyler Murray. He's not going to be special outside the pocket. He wants to stand there and get the ball out as fast as possible, but that's the thing I see on film. Jimmy, he's got a quick release. Mm-hmm. When he sees it and he believes it, he lets that thing go and is out in a hurry, but we have to pressure this dude. Oh, no question about it. And the thing about their game plan is they're not – this isn't a team that's going to bomb it down the field every time, time and time again. He wants to work inside the numbers. It's a quick release. It's the short game stuff. It's a lot of drags and crossers, and, you know, they'll, they'll do a lot of fancy motion stuff, and they'll use George Kittle. They'll use all these other things. But like you said, the name of the game is pressure on Jimmy Garoppolo. If you look at the games that we played against them last year, when he had time, that's when he was able to get things going. But when the game's on the line and all the pressure's there on him, if you get after him, he gets kind of rattled. He makes some throws that he probably shouldn't make. Uh, one of his interceptions against the Patriots, um, he just throws the ball to the outside, which you want to force him to do, throw outside the numbers, and he kind of lets yeah. it float out there on a fade ball, and it gets intercepted. So the name of the game is get pressure on Jimmy G for sure. And this has got to be a week where he gets held under 300 yards. That's not what Hold they him do under- in the pa- our pass defense. This is where we get right in the stat sheet this Come week. Come on. Has to do right. It. Come on. Another guy you got to look at, George Kittle versus Seahawks front seven. Best tight end in the league. 
I mean, you got you got Andrews in Baltimore who who can compete. Kelsey can compete, but this guy is the best tight end in the league. He's missed two games. He still has thirty five receptions, four hundred thirty five yards, and two touchdowns. He is one of the few tight ends that they will isolate on the backside of a formation, get him matched up with a corner, and he will still go to work. He will still route them up. Typically, you want to get a matched up on a safety, drag him across the field, which he does. He does that as well. But you can line him up as a receiver, and he's good enough to get open. He's big. He's fast. He still has great hips. He has good routes. He's the complete tight end. He does it in everything, like you said. It's very rare that you have a tight end, and it's not just a throwaway route. They put him out there to isolate him, saying, hey, we want to get him the ball, and they'll bring him inside, and he's a monster in the run game, dude. He, I don't care if you're a defensive end, you're a linebacker, he gets hands on you, it's a bad day. And uh, George Kittle, best tight end in the game, he's definitely going to be a problem. You're going to need to know where that guy is every single play. Now it's the running game for the 49ers. Typically, we would have someone specifically to watch for, but here's what we know. It's not going to be Mostert, <laughs> not going to be Tevin Coleman. Not going to be Jeff Wilson Jr. After a great performance, three touchdowns last week. So when you go back and look at the film, he was replaced by a combo of Jermichael Hasty, Jarek McKinnon, and they used use check a little bit. So for me, this is a key matchup because you mentioned it earlier. Doesn't really seem like it matters who's running the ball for them. They have in that offense. It seems like everyone gets to eat a little bit. So this is a game where I don't care who's running the ball. They can't. They can't get off in this game. They need. It's got to be something where they kind of. They started that a little bit last week. I think the final numbers didn't really do it justice because they they held Kenyon Drake in check pretty much all game until yeah. the very end. So they need to build off what they did last week. And because if you if you slow down this running game and you make Jimmy Garoppolo have to throw the ball time and time again to make them one dimensional, it's gonna be a good day for the Seahawks defense. It is going to be a good day. This offense is a deception offense. They're going to motion guys over. Have Yushek uh, block the backside. Have Kittle release. They're trying to expand the middle of the defense so these running backs can go to work. You have to be disciplined. Next matchup, Fred Warner versus everybody. This dude can play, man. Ranks among the top five according to PFF when it comes to linebacker grades. 57 tackles, three pass breakups, two interceptions on the year. Had one last week against the New England Patriots. I watched that film and broke it down. This guy... Reads the run, drops into a zone, feels the crosser coming across, flips his hips, gets the eyes on the quarterback. I'm like, you're not paid to do this. You're paid to make tackles, yet he still looks athletic in space. You have to know where he is at all times. Oh, no question about it. And he's definitely one of the best uh, linebackers in the NFL when it comes to pass defense. You know, typically when we think of pass defense, we think of our own. We think of number 54. We think of someone who can run, who can flip his hips and get back. Fred Warner, it's only his third year, I believe. He was drafted in 2018 at BYU, and the dude can play. And we got to learn a little bit about that last year because last year he balled out in that first game. He had 10 tackles, two sacks, a forced fumble. So you're going to need to know where he is on the field for every every snap because similar to last week where we need to know where Buddha was, right? This is a, that type of player, and you need to know where he's at on every snap, especially coming off of our game last week. If they do any kind of deception stuff, he's a guy you got to count for. Another matchup, good old Russell Wilson versus the 49ers defense. Russell's 156 for 219, 1,800 yards, 22 touchdowns, which leads the league, six interceptions, 29 carries for 300, excuse me, 237 yards. We saw him get loose last week with his legs. He still got some juice left. I was surprised with how quick the old man, not old, I guess he's a middle-aged man right. in the NFL now, how the middle-aged man looked. But um, to me, he's still the MVP of the league. He's still leading the charge. And Every quarterback is allowed that game. 
we got that game out the way, the turnover game, the three interceptions, the um, poor decision-making towards the end of the game. We got that game out the way. Now it's time for him to bounce back, and I think he's capable. Oh, no question about it. I mean, Russell Wilson is 31-8 and eight following a loss, and that's the best record by a quarterback since the 1970 merger. So coming off a loss, there's no one I'd rather have uh, the number three quarterback in. And, and you could kind of tell in his voice after the, in the postgame show, he was very – or in his postgame press conference, you can tell the loss – that that's that, that stung. It stung yeah. a lot, and he was like, "No, that, those were on me." He didn't have. He didn't pass blame to anyone else. He didn't say, "No, so and so didn't come this," uh, or "I thought DK was going to come back to the ball this and that." He said, "No, all those are on me," and you know he's going to come with it this week. And I, I mean, I think Russ is just. We know how good he is. He's like you said, still the MVP of the league. He's still almost breaking records every single week. Needs one more win to tie Peyton Manning for first place in the NFL's all-time winningest quarterbacks in the first nine seasons. Needs five TDs to pass Tom Brady. The most touchdown passes to open the season of 27. So the dude is still on pace to do all of those things. He is still the best quarterback in the league. We need a big bounce back game for him. And if you're the Niners, I would be scared because number three coming off a loss is a scary sight. Number three, he's going to bounce back. I firmly believe that. And I think they'll be able to get this win. Now, the 49ers have a strong defense, ranking fifth in scoring defense, third in pass defense. Something has to give as the Seahawks present the number one offense in terms of yardage and points. They just have to do what they've been doing. Now, we talked about Russell having a, uh, I wouldn't even call it a horrible game. He no. just made three mistakes. You look at his stats, dude still had a good game, still threw, t- threw three touchdowns. Um, but they're going to light the scoreboard up. All they need is a couple stops from that defense. Russell's going to do his thing. DK's going to ball out. What's another matchup we're looking at? You mentioned it, the receivers. Tyler Lockett, DK Metcalf versus the secondary. Now, We've been saying this all year. I'll continue to beat this drum. This is the best tandem in the NFL. Okay, yep. Lockett and Metcalf rank 9 and 11, respectively, in receiving yards in the NFL. No other uh, team has two receivers in the top 15. Tyler Lockett leads the league in touchdowns with seven. DK Metcalf is tied for fifth with five. And the thing about it is pick your poison. You saw it last week. If they The Cardinals made an effort to take away DK Metcalf. Okay, so what happened? Tyler Lockett had one of the best games in franchise history. So it's something that you can't shut them both down. It's just it's impossible to shut them both down. So I think these two are going to get loose in the secondary, and I think the 49ers' numbers in terms of where they rank defensively is going to take a hit this week with these two. It's going to take a hit. One of these guys is going to go for over 100. Hopefully both of them will go for over 100 and a couple of touchdowns. Also, we didn't mention this in the matches, but I love – what happened last week with the tight ends. Every tight end, uh, every tight end who suited up had two receptions. Greg had two, Disley had two, Jacob Hollister had two. That's another dimension that I wanted to see them add to their offense and is starting to get going. Uh, so that is encouraging. So now we talked about the matchups. Here is the path to victory. At the 45, waits for the snap. Michael Dixon puts it down. That kick is away. And that kick is... The Seahawks win! It's good! It's a path to victory on Hawk Talk. Path to victory. Number one, pressure on Jimmy G. You cannot have a repeat performance like against Arizona Cardinals. No sacks. No pressures. Kyler Murray's back there making a sandwich in your kitchen. You see that play where he looked at Hopkins manned up and smiled before he threw the football? Like, this dude was so relaxed in the pocket. Nothing to worry about. Smiling, tossing dimes. You got to make Jimmy G have to move in that pocket. He's not a mobile guy. He's not a, a statue either. I mean, he does have, a, I guess, 
some good footwork, right. but he's not a guy who's going to get out the outside the pocket and hurt you. Get after Jimmy G. D-line, this is the week where you get your sacks up. Oh, no question about it. Jaron Reed, Puna Ford, Benson Mayoa, uh, if Rasheem Green comes back. You guys need to get after it this week, especially because you mentioned it coming off an ankle injury. If you get pressure on him all game long and he has to throw off his back foot, you have to throw off an injured ankle. I know it's been a couple weeks, but you're still you're still thinking about it. So maybe you kind of start to throw off your back foot and your mechanics get off, and that's when you start making plays. And, again, despite – the yardage our defense has given up, they've been creating turnovers. That's the one thing that they've done really well this season is create turnovers, and it starts up front with the D-line. If they can get pressure on them, then I look for Shaquille Griffin, Quentin Dunbar, Quandre Diggs, Ryan Neal, those guys to make a couple plays in the secondary. They got to keep under 400 yards. Nass, seems like everybody go, goes over the 400-yard mark against this defense. This is the week. Am I? I'm just an optimistic guy. I, mm-hmm. I see – the improvements. I I'm, I feel like they're getting close. I feel like they're one or two moves away. Low key, they might have made one or two moves already, but that's for another mm-hmm. another podcast. But I feel like they're getting close. I know it is disheartening and disappointing for 12s to look at how much time these quarterbacks have and how they're throwing the ball down the field and how there are big plays out there. But these coaches are looking at this film. These players are looking at this film. They're not ignoring uh, their their strengths and weaknesses. They're going to work on things. But rule number one, keep them under 400 yards. If they do that, we know the offense is going to get over 400 yards and they'll take care of business. You keep them under 400 yards, you're winning this game by 14 plus. I mean, straight up, because I I do not think that the Niners can stop the Seahawks offensively. If that happens, the Seahawks stop themselves. Um, There's just too many good athletes on defense. There's just too many of them. Bobby Wagner's too good. K.J. Wright's too good. Shaquille Griffin's too good. Quandre Diggs is too good. There's too many guys on that side of the ball for us to be giving up this many yards, and it starts up front. And like you said, being an optimist, at some point everything comes together, right? Because you can have 10 guys on every play do exactly what they're supposed to do, and you can get beat on every single play and give up 500 yards because it's always one guy doing something here. It's one guy doing something there. So they got to put it all together, all 11 guys, hold them under 400 yards. Can we get off the field on third down, please? Get off the field on third down. Avoid the penalties. Last game, it was like it felt like you they were close, but then something would happen. A guy would jump off sides. Uh, uh, unnecessary roughness called against Bobby, which was ridiculous. What happened? It's all about that third down. Again, I feel like they're getting closer. Get off the field on third downs. Avoid the big penalty. And of course, bump. Don't miss another opportunity. It's about owning the NFC West. There are signs in the building. That's what they need to do. You cannot start 0-2 in the division. If you want to get to where you want to get to in February, it starts within this division. they got to take care of business. Russell, bounce back in the biggest way. Simple as that. You did. You had a decent game, but you did, did throw three interceptions. That's not going to happen again this year. I can almost guarantee that, folks. It's been a few years since it happened. Absolutely, Bump. And let's not forget, join us each Thursday from noon to 2 for The Huddle, hosted by Tom, Jake, and Stacy, along with Seahawks color analyst Dave Wyman. It's your chance to hear directly from Seahawks players as they prepare for Sunday and preview the game ahead with the voice of the Seahawks, Steve Rabel and Ray Roberts. Bump, come on now. Own that NFC West. Let's go 6-1. and one. Let's go 6-1. and one. Let's go 500 in the NFC West. That is Hawk Talk Preview Edition Week 8. The Seahawks are coming back home. The 49ers are coming into town. Let's get it done. I'm Michael Bumpus. He's Nasa Chobie. Holla at y'all next time.